0: this podcast could potentially have adult language, adult themes, definitely drinking, and possibly the possibility of sexual content. Listener discretion is advised. Hello,
1: Drinking With Authors fans. We have some pretty big news from your host here, Erica Lance. We are moving to change the format of the show to be one episode. So, there's a few episodes that record the old way that we're doing the new way, and that's what you're listening to. So, thank you. Don't forget to like and subscribe. And we love having you as fans. On to the show. Welcome to Drinking with Authors, the podcast. You know that because you're listening to it. Um, I'm your host, Eric Lance. My co host today is the amazingly purple today, Bo Lake. You are very purple today. So, and our guest is Michelle Packard. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so um, let's talk about what we're drinking today. I actually have to do my ginger shot that I just realized I had on my desk. I'm going to do that in a minute. That's not alcoholic, but forgot to do it. And that'll be bad warm. So out of some of our drinking with all this swag, I am doing a screwdriver. Look how boring I am today. Ooh. It is orange juice and vodka. That's a screwdriver, right? yes Good job. Yeah. I went to bartending school I should know that anyway whatever okay Bo what are you drinking I am drinking very
2: cold at this point coffee oh oh
1: yeah yeah it's been a busy morning I understand that see I just thought I'd shut off discord and it's coming out of nowhere I don't even know where it is now it's literally. Oh, there it is. Okay. Hold on there. I got it now. I got it now. Okay. I can't have nice things. Michelle, what are you drinking?
0: Well, you know, I wasn't sure what to opt for, you know, it's 11 o'clock here. So I was going to do the coffee. I thought ah, I already had me you know, a couple cups of that. thought if I do wine, it's going to put me down. So um I'm doing a Cosmo martini. I, already, I already, already told my husband, don't plan on me making dinner. I'm more than likely going to be napping later. So, um, <laughs> I love all of that.
1: Oh, my gosh. That is so much fun. And it's true. I mean, that's I figure orange juice. It is 11 a.m. It kind of counts as a breakfast food. Well, but that, I, my I got cranberries. So I figured that was breakfast related. Exactly. Exactly. I like the way you think. OK, so for the audience at large that may not know you,
0: what do you write? I write um, probably a, the best way to term is a comedic thriller series. I grew up um reading all the books that my dad did with you know Clancy or Woods and Lee Child and you know all that stuff. So all you know military CIA stuff. Um and I uh, really enjoyed it. But um I wanted something with a little bit more um a little bit more humor to it. So a little bit more personal. So I love that. all about all about, you know, government conspiracies and you know, twisting on what people, you know, talk about and think about. So
1: which is incredibly fun because, man, it is easy to go down that conspiracy. It really
0: control. is. <laughs> yeah. it,
1: I have a, I have a friend that works for the CIA and she was an intelligence. That's all I'm going to say about her. But um, it's interesting to talk to her about some of the things that you, like, you read and you see and then she's like, cool. Can you not be that person? And I'm like, fine, <laughs> fine. Just wondering, you know, aliens under the White House. And so, not that I know that she has the clearance to know that, but I I do see how easy it is to go down that rabbit hole. Yeah. Um, we're going to Scooby-Doo for a minute and go back in time. When did you begin? Because you said your dad and stuff. Did you start writing at a very young age? or uh, Oh, no, no. Oh. Um.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, uh, <laughs> uh, no, not really. You know, I wrote stuff um, probably in my 20s, but it was more just personal reflection stuff. Um wasn't anything that, um, you know, I, I wanted to be Barbara Walters, and I realized that I probably mumbled too much and, you know, don't enunciate. <laughs> so then I probably went more to writing, <laughs> thinking maybe that would be easier, And uh, really didn't do anything until my kids left to go to college. And I thought, what am I going to do next? So, um, started about five years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, how much have you written in that time? Um, I just launched my fifth book in the thriller series. I got a nonfiction book coming out, and I did a children's book that I did for my kids. And I thought it was a cute little nighttime story that they could have for down the road. And they swore that never happened for our nighttime ritual. And I was like, every night, every night we did this. And um, so I might have to make other kids out of that book because my kids are out.
1: <laughs> I love that. That's funny. So, um, okay. So let's talk about what, so you chose this genre because you wanted to put a spin on something that you grew up reading, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't write this kind of thriller. I don't, you know, so let's talk about the writing process a little bit with this. Okay. And then I'm going to let Bo actually ask some questions. I know audience, big shock here, Bo prepare yourself, but what is, so did you do any classes or anything on writing? Because I feel like some genres are easier than others in a way and crime thrillers. It's a little bit different because you have to like, breadcrumb the crap out of getting to the end of the book right yeah
0: well and I wouldn't say that mine's probably mine's written a first person observational style and uh when I first read the book it was just you know me seeing if I could do it and of course most of my feedback when I was querying you know people they're like you gotta you know show don't tell and I'm like she's telling a story you know it's first person for a reason um so no I started taking classes after the first book. I come from a long line of military family. Everybody in my family has been in the military. Uh, My son's, you know, you're talking about intelligence. My son's an intelligence, you know, has a clearance. He can't, he doesn't tell me anything. Uh, My brother was a top guy and therefore doesn't tell me anything. So I always (laughs) had that, you know, background where, in fact, you know, infatuation, I should say. Um, So really, most of my research just came from myself. And like you talk about getting on those rabbit holes. You know, like we all talk about. If somebody could read our browsers, <laughs> you go, oh my god! <laughs> they need yeah, help. no, that's a that's they a terrible idea help. too, read browsers. Yeah. So I started going to classes afterwards. I did do some classes in college, and I think that's probably what you know. I thought maybe in the back of my head because I remember that one professor going, "Hey, you're really good about doing this. You should, you know, probably consider this at some point." And of course, I didn't think anything about it at the time. And then later on, I thought, ah. I found that paper. That wasn't too bad. Maybe I should do something with this. So, so um, it's been a trial and error process. Um, I've had to go back and learn how to tweak, re-edit, new editors, um, new covers, and just learn the whole publishing process. Um, so that's kind of it.
2: Well, that's really cool. Okay, Bo. I'm not used to you letting me ask questions this early in the game, oh, <laughs> well, I'm sorry for screwing you up. <laughs> what is your favorite trope in like the crime conspiracy genre? I don't know.
0: you know what, I, I don't know if I could say there's one specific um, you know, I love um the person that's able to figure it out, that's always one step ahead, um, that mm-hmm. always has a little bit of a, you know, um a catch at the end where you that you, know, you didn't know it. Mm-hmm. Um I really for any genre, not just, you know, crime or thriller or mystery. Yeah, I can appreciate anybody that writes anything. Um just the creativity and being able to put yourself out there. So I, I, I really do enjoy reading, you know, everything. And just in terms of thriller mystery in particular, I'm trying to think of just one specific thing. Um, I don't know. I'm going to have to drink more before I can get to that. Uh, (laughs) What's your least favorite though? Um, uh, probably stereotypical woman stuff, you know? Mm, Yeah. Um, I'm like, really? Really? Uh, So off the top of my head, that's all I would say. Um, Probably because I write a female character that's, you know, um, she's just sort of, you know, being Wonder Woman. Uh, (laughs) Why, what is yours? Oh, gosh.
2: I don't... I would agree with you in that a lot of times they're always like, "Oh, the women, is, the woman is dumb or doesn't know things or like is weak," and I dislike that too. Like, it's twenty twenty three. Come on, let's. yeah,
0: <laughs> let's get with it. <laughs> let's get with
2: the
1: program. Well, so when we're talking about genres and crime throwers, so when did um your first crime thriller come out? Uh, Two
0: thousand eighteen. Okay, how did you publish it? Uh, I self-published it. And re- really, because I just thought, I'm going to try to do this, you know, and see if I can write a book and see if it's entertaining. And I wrote it specifically for men um, that were traveling. Um, I traveled all the time. I was always reading, you know, some book while I was on the plane. And I actually wanted the book to be the length that you could read on a long plane ride or if you're on a day of vacation. Um me personally, I don't like reading these books that are this thick and that take me, you know, not days, but weeks because you're just like plowing through it. I don't need that many adjectives or adverbs or words to describe the White House. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. So I wrote it for that. and I sent it off to a bunch of men friends and said, hey, what do you think? And they're like, hey, you got a, like a female Jason Bourne here, you know. Um, I said, yeah, she's sexier, and she can have a family, um, you know, <laughs> and she remembers her name. Uh, so, so oh, wow, um, what a what a concept that is! <laughs> I know. So, um, when I started that, uh, then I started querying agents. Like I said, I, I learned the process completely backwards. And had I gone back, would I change some things? Probably yes. But once I found out, is uh, once you publish something, then they don't want it. Um, they you know and my biggest uh, thing for me is they don't want something that's in the 45 to 50,000 word range. They want something that's in the 100, 100, you know, 90 to 120,000 word range. I'm like, no, I don't I don't want something that long. Um so I queried I don't know. I probably if I had to guess 150 agents um and publishers and you know, you can s- submit and it's interesting when they can respond back immediately, saying that they don't like it. <laughs> like Could you at least read the first first line before you reject?
1: <laughs> well, you, you know, well, I have I can go on quite a tangent. Bo will tell you about yeah, as can. a publisher. We're publishers. Um, uh, I I can go on a tangent about how um, querying is handled by publishers because there are some that are doing it absolutely brilliantly,
0: and oh, then yeah. there are
1: others that you know, are kind of terrible about it.
0: Yeah. No, listen, I've had some um, publishers that respond back. They've been great. they said, hey, listen, this is a great concept. We think, you know, we, you need to be at this range. Um, and by now I'm at my third book. So to me, it's probably even more challenging because I'd have to query new books versus, you know, old books. Um. Anyways, Um. But I've been fine with the, the process that I've done. I Like I said, I, I learned probably the long way just because I wasn't flipping about it. I just wasn't confident in myself when I started. I thought I'm just testing the waters, you know, mm-hmm. um, and then I really enjoyed it. Um, and I enjoyed meeting the people that I've met. And I mean, look, I'm with you fine ladies right now. <laughs> and um, so uh, no, no complaints overall.
1: Well, and I think indie publishing isn't bad. It's it's really interesting because going through statistics recently, as I, I was um, when not drinking screwdrivers, I found <laughs> out that, you know, if you look at the number of books, the top 10 major publishers published last year, it was about 50,000 books. That sounds like a lot, right? You go, wow, yeah. that's, that's a lot of books, right? That's 5,000 books Each, if you just do math, which that's not how it works out, people. But just say hypothetically, independent publishers, I mean, sorry, indie authors that publish themselves and small to medium presses did 2.3 million books in the same time. Yeah. So it gives you that, you know, traditional publishing is not it. You know what I mean? It's not where it necessarily is anymore because um they are being outdone by these indie publishers and um and indie authors that are publishing themselves and i think it's perfectly respectable as long as you you know get your book edited and like that you know the important Mm -hmm. stuff that comes along with publishing a book not i know
0: i've had to learn to re-edit recover re you know um and you know that's probably really i'd tell anybody that um Not only time, but you're going to have to have resources to um, contribute to this um, if you're going to be successful. Oh, Mm -hmm. yeah.
1: Do not, unless you actually know graphic design, try to make a cover in paint (laughs) and put it on your book. Pretty (laughs) pleased with sugar on top.
0: Let's not Okay. Now, true story. My first cover, because I thought it was cute. um, Because my whole whole premise of these books, I mean, I get to the last book. I will figure out there'll be one of those. Ah, now I get the whole big picture um, is what's happening in my daily life. So a lot of the stories that I took into the first book, I might've seen a segment on 60 minutes or there might've been something on the local news or something might've been happening um, in politics that day. And I kind of interweaved it into the story, but Mm -hmm. every morning as I was typing on my computer, I saw this one trail um, going through these trees. Well, that's my first opening scene because I'm, intertwining um real events with stuff you know that I'm making up in terms of this character so I thought it was very creative there's this trail and this is the first scene and I realized nobody's going to get that (laughs) I quickly realized but to me I thought oh this is really cute I like this so now I have what you but now it's a collector's edition um Well, what you just said, I actually love that you just
1: said that. So what you just said is exactly what I tell people about covers all the time. Yeah. Is that authors live, breathe, know this story. It is part of their life. It is, you know, so it's kind of like anything that you are good at or that, you know, Yeah, it's really easy for you. And, you know, I, I did HR in my former life for a long time and did training of people, And the biggest thing I ever found a problem with is it's the little things that you inherently do because you know the thing that you never even think that you'll have to train somebody on how to do it because it's just part of it. Like you got the big thing, but you don't go, oh, here's this little trick. Here's this thing. Same is true with writing is we know our stories. We can talk about this, you know, lock it that has so much significance in the story and blah, 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 blah. And then you put the locket on the cover of the book and nobody buys it. Why? Yeah. Because that's not what the genre says the cover of the book should look like. Because yeah. fans, especially when you're dealing with a little teeny cover, because a lot of them are electronically buying it. So yeah. you get like a yeah. one by two, maybe if you're lucky. Um you have to go, they have to look and go, oh, that's, that's the kind of book I like to read because we know what the covers of the books we like to read are. Yeah. I wish everybody oh. was more like, ooh, this is a neat cover. What kind of book is this? But that
0: is the exception and not the rule to yeah. fans. So. And I'll tell you, I, I still would say that I would change. I mean, I just changed covers last year because I went to a program. They're like, hey, you got to do covers. Like you said, you got to do the thumbnails. You're in the th- thriller genre. And I'm like, I am, but I'm not, right? Because there's a comedic part, you know, it's, it's a uh, die hard. Think of, you know, die hard. Um, John Wick with a little Ferris Bueller, you know, type snarky attitude and wisecracking. So everybody says, well, you got to have thrillers. They got to be dark covers. They got to be this. And I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. But if I do that, what's going to happen? And the reader's going to read it thinking that they're uh, reading a Brad Thor book. And then they're going to get to mine and go, well, she's a wisecracking, smartass, movie, quote, and song, lyric, thriller author. And that's what it is. <laughs> so, so it's kind of like that. And I'm like, so I'm constantly tweaking now thinking, OK, what do I do next? You know, how do I do this? Um but, you know, I think that's great, though, because you're
1: breaking genres and that's what you have to do. Yeah. Like there wasn't a paranormal romance genre years ago. Like there wasn't. So people started putting, you know, vampires and werewolves or whatever in ghosts into romance. And then all of a sudden it forced, you know, um, the 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 powers that be that make our little bisect codes that say what genres are <laughs> to make the genres right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's fantastic because I think the boxes that have been the traditional publishing boxes to put genres in need to be kicked out the window. Because, you know, I you, I love the kind of books that you write, like you write the, you know, the stories. But I also love that you put humor because one of the things is sometimes they can't get way too serious. Well, and, that's way too it. Heavy.
0: and listen, I give a lot of uh, factual information, whether it be about Whatever government organization. Um, but at the same time, nobody wants to read that. That's, you know, reading paint, you know. So so you got to have humor about, about it. You know? So I agree. I agree. hundred. Okay, what's, what, what's y'all's favorite covers of your own and why? So
1: it's I, actually it's ironic because one of my favorite covers I'm actually changing. So I write horror, but I also write um uh, humorous erotica under another name which is dahlia lance and there's a cover for my book my home on whore island that is yeah. just the back home on part of a female in a red bikini that's but she's got sand on her butt yeah and i absolutely love it i think it is hysterical and Hold it on,
0: is I'm, I'm looking it up right now
1: okay <laughs> um, that's what we do here google our books. so um, but that that cover is really funny to me. But I have to. The genre is going a sort of a little bit of a different route, so I'm going to be trying a different cover on it. That's more. I don't want to say cartoony, but is it? I mean, I horror, like that though. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that that's the book. Ah, okay, why do you, why do you go buy a pen name for that? Because I write horror, and that is humorous erotica in the fan bases in those two, not that there can't be fans that cross those two, but they're not really close. Like you, you take, (laughs) you know, like thrillers and crimes and horror books, you can probably write both of those. Right. Yeah. But it's humorous erotica and horror are not necessarily the same fan base. And um, even though I, you know, I wish it was a little different. I do get why fans um, look for, uh, an author to be writing in in a similar similar kinds of stories yeah. because you you want your fans to, yeah by every story that you write and if you're so wildly different and we had a, another horror author who's a friend of mine named Jeff Strand he writes humorous horror um it's very gory but he's got a lot of humor in his books he wrote a romance book and he put it out under his name I didn't. He has one regret, regret or regrets. Um, was that no <laughs> regrets tattoos? Um, he he wishes he had put it under a pen name, yeah, because his fans were like, "What the fuck is this?" And that was literally the reaction from his fans. So it just kind of tells you that you know maybe maybe that doesn't work quite the way you think it will. So that's why I keep them separate, but at the same time. Um, with the that pen name the Dahlia Lance I write humorous romance that doesn't necessarily have sex in it I've written humorous romance stories and I do that kind of thing under that one and then under the Erica Lance um, I've written some more paranormal and sci-fi-ish horror you know yeah. everybody dies in my book so it doesn't my horror books don't have happy endings that's like the thing you can know about my horror books <laughs> Um, but Bo, what about you? What's your favorite cover? And I'm
2: looking oh, it up. Nice. So it you dummy. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. I'm, I'm gonna choose the one that I have here, I guess. Well, they all kind of look pretty similar. It's always
1: I'm
2: blurring.
1: Don't unblur, you know your background. <laughs> We're recording. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's not called great. the beast beside me, is what she's about to yeah. hold up. Look. It's strange. just like naked
2: yeah. Dude. Mhm, and it's always that it's either a naked dude or a naked lady. <laughs> Forest, and I like my covers, but at the same time, I kind of wish they were a little less naked. Yeah, just because we're selling like in public spaces, because some people are embarrassed upon about that. Buying, about buying their paranormal romance. So I. Kind of want to be like, it's okay. It's just a like a, a paranormal book. You don't have to know that there's sex in here. Well,
0: I so never about that, but I guess that's do.
2: true.
0: Yeah, i was yeah. say. I guess that's true. Do most people buy buy it online versus going into? Public I mean, a couple.
2: It depends on the venue, and it depends on like the audience, because it depends on if you're at like a romance convention, it sells like hotcakes. Yeah, but if you're at like a gaming convention it doesn't sell so good because people don't want to be seen buying a book with a naked dude on it
1: yeah i don't know know, why you say that bo but when i take for the conventions the gaming conventions that we go to and stuff like the nerd conventions yeah we sell a lot of the nerd books but i if i bring my home on whore island people buy that i mean it's it's I think it just depends. But the problem, of course, with covers, again, is like you look at Bo's book, you know, it's a paranormal romance. Like in 2.5 seconds, you yeah. know that's a paranormal romance. Yeah. And with the wolves, you go, this is a paranormal romance about werewolves. Like, it, yeah. you know, that's it, it's kind of that thing versus if we put um, just a wolf on the cover howling and maybe a guy in a flannel shirt like, you know, you yeah. wouldn't go. That's a paranormal romance. You'd be like, yeah. What is that book about? You're like, who's that guy? What's that dog? Oh, covers are an interesting, interesting little beast, isn't it? Get it, beast? Do you see what I (laughs) did there, Bob? I see, I see what you did. Hey, listeners, you know me, Eric Lance. You're just listening to me in the podcast that you have, but guess what? I'm doing something new. Yeah, she's joining me, Mark Muncie, the author of the Eerie Florida book series in Erie Appalachia. And we are hosting a new podcast called Eerie Travels. Woo-woo! Eerie Travels, which covers things like ghosts, cryptids, weird stuff, UFOs, men in black, all kinds of fun things that people talk about and I'm sure you've discussed with friends. Yep, and you can listen to us on your favorite podcast platform or choice or find us at travelscom and join in the fun and all the spooky goodness. And of course, Mark, what do we always say? We'll see you on the other side. So... You posted your book. What was that? uh, What was it like when you got the book in your hands? I always love to hear from authors about what it was like the first time they got one of their books in their hot little hands.
0: Okay. So, um, the first time I got the first book in my hands, uh, it was pretty cool. You got the box, and you obviously order more than you probably needed at the time. And um, I skimmed through and I was like, oh, look at this. And I got to page 50. And for some reason, by publishing it on Amazon, there was like some word break that it didn't show like when I did it. And even when I got the proof, it didn't show that. But when I got this, it was a huge break. And I thought, so you have to go back in there. You're fixing it. You're you know, not wanting things to happen. you know, So you're kind of a little deflated, right? Um, Go into, you know, two years later, um, I put in new covers, reformat it, re-edit it. And um new books come out and I got that cover. I'm like, look at this little beauty here, all excited, right? First page, there's another break. Oh my god. (laughs) Trash. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But um I do think it's you know exciting to say, you know what, I did this. Um so, and I, I don't think uh, most people give enough credit for for people when they do that, or we don't give ourselves enough credit, you know. Because at the end of the day, a lot of people have ideas, a lot of people want to do it, but not everybody goes out there and do it. So, I think we should be more proud about those moments and just you know relish and go, "Hey, this is what the first book now looks like." Yeah. <laughs> you know? so, no, totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Um. I think you know.
1: You know, the effort that it it takes to do this, I think, is unknown by a lot of people and to do it well, because there are little things that you have no idea. And you're like, how the heck did that happen? You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah, no, I think I think that's good. Okay, other questions, my friend, Bo. What is the first line in the book?
0: And the latest
1: book? It, it, whichever one you want. Um, she keeps asking this as if people have them memorized. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah. I assume yeah. they have the book. I barely remember my. Now I will say this. <laughs> so I met this author the other day. Really neat person, and she writes poetry. And she spouted off her poem that was probably four pages long. I was like, "How did how did you remember that?" I barely remember my kids' names. um <laughs> <laughs> Um. The first line, actually, there's two. There's a prelude that says a house divided against itself cannot stand, which is by Abraham Lincoln. But the first line is a soldier's minute in battle is all you get. You get one minute of everything at once and one minute before it is nothing. Because I'm talking about war. So. I like that. What's your first line? Oh, God. Um, Oh, oh, yeah. We're bringing it back. Girlfriend to be not your mommy,
2: girlfriend. I hope it's not too sexy. Okay, let's see. <laughs> it's only a little sexy. I discover him amidst the crush of bodies. Oh. I Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> there you go, though. See, and I had my book right here. I was ready to go. I assume everyone's ready for that question. Okay. It has their book within reach.
1: Um, I don't, I have to, I don't have that book in front of me, but I can give you the line from my 72% match story. Yeah, do it. Is that a penis on your phone? (laughs) The name of the chapter is unsolicited dick pics. (laughs) (laughs) Because anybody who's dated in the last, I don't know. 10, 15 years probably has gotten an
0: unsolicited. Day. Hey, listen. I'm yeah. glad I'm glad I'm over that age and face.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, some of them aren't so interesting. That's what I'm gonna say. <laughs> They're interesting. interesting. <laughs> They're
0: interesting. Interesting. Um
2: so, okay, I, got, I got a
0: question. Yeah. Um, Tell me your a uh, uh, negative review that stuck with you.
1: Oh, my favorite! I actually have a favorite negative review. Yeah, it, I did too. Yeah. Here's the thing: I think about reviews. Is reviews are for readers? I say this all the time on the show. Yeah. And you sometimes, you know, sometimes I read negative reviews, in the you know, not for my books, but I've seen them where it's because the author didn't get it edited or something like that. And you can, you know, this is livable, but. My favorite was I released a short story called Jimmy and I think it's on Kindle unlimited. You can buy it anyway. It's like a 10,000 word story. It's also in one of my short story collections, but it is about a kid who tried to commit suicide and wakes up in the hospital and his, you know, um, he's, he had failed to do it and was, um, you know, had to upset parents, but he was more upset that he was in that circumstance because this was what he wanted to do right but it is a um sort of sixth sense kind of ghost story and i'm not going to give more than that but um one of the the reviews was erica lance is an author who promotes suicide Ah. (laughs) and i was like um And because it had been in an anthology and um, with other stories and the person reviewed every single story. And what was funny is she was actually negative about every single story except for one. And that one story that she was not negative about, I actually know the back history to the story, which was this was supposed to be a 10,000 word story. The author who submitted that story submitted 30,000 words, (laughs) made the editor cut down the story. Yeah. The story didn't make a lot of sense. The editor did her best, but the story literally to me did not make a lot of sense. Like it was, it was hard to read and it was a ghost story. Not this wasn't a horror anthology. It happened to be a ghost story and probably would have made a beautiful novel, but you know, a short story has to really be a, there's a way to write a short story. So you don't leave your audience going, where are we? What the hell is happening? Like, you know. And um so that was the only one in the whole book she liked. And so when I I, I got that and I read it and and then read the rest of the reviews because I'd read all the stories, I was like, this is not my reader. But I thought that was really funny yeah. in a way, because it was like Erica Lance Sport Suicide. No, <laughs> no, no, that's no, that's not the point in the story. They missed the point. It just yeah. like went right yeah. over their <laughs> heads. But oh, yeah. you know, another person wrote a like a noir detective story from like the 1920s, and she said this story is based in 1950 whatever, and it wasn't. It was like the 1920s. I was like, did she actually
0: read any of it? <laughs>
1: maybe drinking when she did. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, but what about you? Have you had any bad reviews?
0: Oh yeah, um, I had a recent review in the um, for this book I launched. And remember, remember, reviews are hard to get. You can ask your friends. You can ask me, they don't do it um And you're like, why? Do you like the book? If you don't, if you oh, just tell me which what did you think. But I had somebody go, this is just, just too over the top. I'm like, it's fiction. <laughs> well, okay.
1: I see reviews. And I was like, thank you. books that yeah. say there's a lot of kissing in this book. L- yeah. It literally God, says I romance I on so. the cover. <laughs> <laughs> No, I didn't think was going to happen.
0: I, yeah, I did have a review on. Uh, I can't remember which book, but this woman wrote. I mean, her review was longer than my book, <laughs> <laughs> and then she went on to do blog specials on it. I mean, just just uh, she was whatever reason she hated this book. And my husband's like, well, "What do you think that is?" I said, "I don't know. Maybe I slept with her husband, or her, you know, her father, or somebody." I mean, I, you know. <laughs> Can't tell you, babe. Um, but, you but she know, hated it. She made sure she told everybody. So and,
1: you know the thing about it is, it's like reviews um, of the restaurants and things like that. And then Bo, you have to tell us yours. Um, they people, you know, I I talk I've talked about this review before, but a friend of mine sent it to me from Yelp, and it just it summed up reviews perfectly for me. The it was a restaurant. The food was amazing. The service was excellent. The lime in my Moscow mule was not as fresh as it could be. One star.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That sums up people's review process perfectly because if you're going to judge an entire restaurant on a lime. Yeah. Then you don't. Yeah. So, but what about you? What it was one of yours? And then we're going to do our favorite positive reviews because we should, we should temper oh, yeah. this with the good. Go ahead. Mine was a, three-star review which is not bad it was
2: fine but the comment was that they couldn't give it more than that because the characters acted in a way that they did not agree with hmm. morally speaking well
1: bless her heart. <laughs> well, that's that's a- not right to their morals <laughs> i know I and mean, that's a, a thing in the romance
2: you. genre like in general like that happens a lot if you have cheating if you have Characters sleeping with more than one person, those kind of things readers can get really upset about, and then you're going to get bad reviews. And I decided when I wrote that book that I didn't care. Yeah. But it, I, I clearly do care because I remember the review. But, but well, I, I try not well, to care. Hey, it's just a three star. <laughs> At least you didn't get the one. <laughs> oh, I do have one, one star, and they didn't even write anything. Oh, yeah. So I'm yeah. like, what?
0: Well, what you what irritated that? you so much? Yeah, no, I, I, just, got yeah. My, I just got my first one star. So I was like, oh, well, look, I got all the stars now. That's great.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've earned them all. Yeah. So, in, you know, in, let's talk about positive reviews in a moment. But the thing is about reviews, I say, is if you have a strong enough skin, read your reviews. If you're not going to yeah. take it personally, read your reviews. The only time you should care is if people are specifically going over, like, the tenses are changing all the time yeah. or, you know, there's that's destructive. Yeah. Too. But like you can do yeah, something can, about it. Yeah. Like, you know, the character switched names five times. I couldn't follow it. Like there are things that you can go, Oh, did I do that in the book? You know what I mean? Yeah. But if it's just their opinion on the book, unless every single one of them says it's too slow, right? If you get, Forty reviews, and they all say it's too slow. Yeah, maybe you want to look at rewriting your book a little bit, or maybe you don't yeah. give a shit. It's fine, but don't take the opinions. And if you if it will bother you, just don't read the reviews because they're not
0: for you. Yeah. Okay, your favorite um, Michelle positive review. Okay, hold on, let me see. I have a picture of it. Um, this is from actually a fellow author um, who was one of my ARC readers uh let's see it's pretty long but let me just read the last part okay Um, it's by my character maddie's a new and improved captain america with the flexibility and authority to do what needs to be done decisively and with more than a touch of tongue-in-cheek humor the difference between maddie and captain a is that maddie can actually lead a team and she doesn't need a shield i thought i like that um
1: Wow, that's awesome!
0: Though <laughs> you're thinking there, what are you thinking, there, Erica? <laughs> well, I just
1: think is is she a superhero or do they just sing Captain? She's not a superhero. Yeah, superhero. she's not a
0: superhero, but yeah, huh? you know, yeah, they just she's governmentally trained and she's kind of like. Um, do you remember when? Um, so in the Jason Bourne um, series, uh, who's the guy that was well, not Matt Damon? The other one that played the next. Uh, series, the one that just got crushed by the. Jeremy right Renner, yes. So remember, he's in the, the last version, and they say how he's created, he's taking these pills and stuff. She's a little mixture of that. She's created from birth, um, and she's meant to be basically to eradicate um, bad genes. So at the end, you'll realize that you know it's our ph- pharmaceutical they don't want to cure you. They want you to continue to be relying on, you know, pharmaceutical drugs. So, um, but she is definitely, uh, you know, higher IQ physical because she's been trained and, you know, developed and, you know, like they, they've invested a lot of money in her.
2: So, like, oh like super soldier kind of
0: yeah like Captain America. Yeah. Do you yep. guys
1: remember the universal soldier movie? I love that movie. It's got Dolph Lundgren and, um, uh, what's i do name? i do know that
2: movie i can see the
0: picture of it i don't know if i i would think i would have watched it back then you know but i oh. I, I can see the picture of the cover it, it's hilarious it's hilarious <laughs> it's a funny movie but yeah. there's
1: a scene where they're both their backsides are exposed yeah. very nice very nice <laughs> very um, nice <laughs> very nice um okay but what about your favorite review
2: I actually pulled it up and I'll just read the first line because it it tickled me. Danger, love, lust, rage, heartbreak, and suspense. I felt all of those
1: things. Oh, that's great. (laughs) Wow. I love that. Mine is one um, from Amazon for Eric Lance, not Dahlia Lance. And it's, there's a couple on Dahlia Lance that I really like because in the books, I give whore tips. But they're really tips about how to be hey, hey
0: my husband wants, wants you to send those to me.
1: <laughs> I I can get you buy the book. Um, but a lot of the tips are about being um self-assured and like you know, um doing what you want and being comfortable in your skin and stuff like that. A lot of it's around sex, but it's you know, cause. I think that's one area a lot of people can get pushed into doing things that they don't want to do and not feel comfortable about the things they do want to do and stuff. So there's over a 100 whore tips in each book. But um, so I've had a couple of really good reviews about those as far as, you know, building confidence in people. But my favorite review ever says Erica's uh, uh, um, Erica is an author that likes to punch you in the fucking face this is not a t-shirt yeah Yeah, it should be a t we should make a t-shirt bow that says (laughs) and it it is my favorite it's a five-star review but because my um stories do not have happy endings he was like when he read not like the ending yeah well he I think he wasn't prepared for it like that's one thing I've heard a lot about my stories is that I think people are expecting a happy ending. They expect it to go this way and then it goes left. And yeah. they're cuz a lot of times when I've read them publicly, I end up with the audience like, you know at the end usually people, you know, they clap whatever. People are mm-hmm. like this. <laughs> Great. <laughs> that, Thanks. It takes like the pregnant pause of wait. Did Oh, that 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 was that was it? That okay. <laughs>
0: So. Hey, listen, I, I I ended a book on uh, a cliffhanger and they don't like that either. Mm-hmm. Um, no,
1: but I think you have every right. I call it empire strikes backing. Yeah, but that's, that's
0: kind of the reason why I did it. Um, so I do think you got to write for There's One thing about writing for, well, I guess it's your ultimate objective. Um, I, I write for what I like to write. Yeah. Um, and then I have to wonder if there's a marketability and can, what can I do with that? Um, so Well, and that's, that's kind of the best. I think that's one of the best ways to do it. A lot
1: of authors um, have started writing to market and they figure yeah. out and then they go, oh, somebody wants a gypsy book with uh, Batman in it. And then they go yeah. write that book and publish it. I'm just making up stuff. I know you'd love that book, Bo, but I'm just... I'm not it's, writing. It, it sounds pretty cool. I know. <laughs> let it go though. Cause I'm not writing it. Um, but I, you know, there are people that definitely write to market, but I think there are, um, I, I love it when an author's writing what they love to write about and then they yeah. find their fan base. Right. Yeah. Because again, especially, um, as you're breaking genres and you're breaking norms, your fans are out there. And I say this all the time to people, there's a fan for every single book. And some of your fans don't even know they're your fans yet. So they're gonna yeah. have to test the waters to go, oh, I like this because the only thing they've been fed is Tam- Tom Clancy. And that's all you yeah. you know, like that's yeah. all you've got. not only him. Well, not a bad but author, you know, but- and
0: I, I've seen this with author friends of mine that have uh, written in different genres and they're querying and they're getting the hey, thanks, but we can't um basically we can't make money off this. Um, I'm been in, you know, talks with some different um, you know, I would love to see uh, my book be a mini series or something like that. And they're like, can you make it more diverse? And I was like, I don't know how I can make it more diverse than what I already have. Um, I have everything in there. <laughs> you know? um, but cause they just want to market to, you know, so I do think there's, um, there's, you know, a push that, you know, people are saying we need to have this, you know, more inclusive um, of everybody. So um I think everybody's going to have to figure out how they want to handle that.
1: Yeah, no. And here's the thing is that that I feel is a problem with mainstream publishers. They decide to try to think what that audience wants. Yeah. and
0: Versus you, letting the audience dictate it. Yeah. Yeah. So we
1: published a book and I'm going to just give an example. I love giving this example because his book is, to me, hysterical. So it is a male, male, erotic, high fantasy yeah. book. That involves an orc and a human. And it is about a hundred and twenty thousand words long, I think, like a hundred, hundred and twenty thousand. It's a book series. Yeah. And um, you know, you of course this is turned down at every publisher you can imagine, right? That goes, yeah. no, I can't do anything. He competes with himself as the bestseller list on Amazon with his books. <laughs> they are so widely loved and so widely received. And, yeah. you know, fans just absolutely adore these books because it's a great action-adventure series. It's a, a wonderful romance series between yeah. And you go if if somebody, if you went to a traditional publisher and pitched this, they would, you wouldn't even get the words past orc out of your mouth. Yeah. Would you <laughs> the work? <laughs> but I don't think they're listening to what people are doing. And you see things like webtoons and yonder and, and some of these other apps that are like, no, we're not going to go this traditional. We're going to yeah. find this stuff. Like they have a huge amount of stuff on yonder that has to do with demons. Like cutesy, cozy, romance you know, steamy demon human romance stuff, you know, which if you said, hey, I want to write a romance book with a demon, but he's not like human, he's literally a demon, and all this other stuff, they would go, no, but it sells. Again, 2.3 million books, 50,000 books. Yeah. Like, and their books are not selling hugely. I think less than Sixty five percent. I sell more than a thousand books. Yeah. So they're not wowing anybody right now. I think it's wonderful. And I think you should just keep tweaking and tweaking and find that audience that you need to find.
0: You know, and here's where, you know, whether it be the algorithms of social media or Amazon or, you know, I'm taking all my books back wide. I had them wide at first. Um, and you know, I did the KDP with Amazon and they kicked me off for a year because they found one book that I failed to take off Apple, which I thought I did, but I guess I didn't because, uh, being an independent author, I'm doing all of it. All right. You know, yeah. I'm having to put them on, change this, change that. And so many different sites, you have to remember everything. Um, but now you see so many pirated books out there of mine. I mean, I saw something promoted the other day where somebody was trying to sell my book for $45. And I thought, God bless them if they can get it. I hope they can Uh, (laughs) because they figured out the algorithms and everything else. And the part of what I write about is conspiracies of just that. The three of us can be sitting here and we can all type in our browsers, um, what is your favorite? And all three of ours are going to have three different answers, you know? And I think that is a problem because it's not allowing us to, um, it's making the decisions for us versus us having to make decisions we can talk about chat GPT or all this stuff. And you know, my son uses it at college and I'm like, Hey, Hey, listen, if you're not learning it um, and that's writing it for you, you're never, you know, getting this information. This goes back to, to everything though. So even with the algorithms of how we market books and how we do things, it's all changing and it changes all the time, you know, because it's telling us what to think versus when to think about something. So now we're having to say, okay, how do we do this? You know, <laughs> how do we outsmart this? Um, so I don't know.
1: No, I I agree. I think, you know, and that's part of finding um, your author voice on social media and your platform and your newsletter and your public events yeah. that you do and stuff like yeah. that. Because I think it takes finding ways to break through the stuff that's true because books that are Trisha, I think are fantastic. Like, uh, you know, you write sweet hockey romance, go team, but they're the audience is established for sweet hockey romance. It's Mm -hmm. just you getting your book in front of that audience. Right. Mm -hmm. Versus going, I'm going to, I'm going to create the audience kind of for this book because they don't know it's even there. They don't even know it's an option. Right. Which you know, I that's what I love about doing a going to events and conventions and book things and finding new authors because a lot of times, especially self published, they'll, they'll they'll wow you with what that book is about
0: that they mm-hmm. wrote. Um, well, you know, I found probably the most beneficial, um, and it's from all genres. It's just learning the different trade secrets. Okay, we do this, we do this. And I'm like, oh, okay, never heard of that. That's great you know, <laughs> um, versus, I mean, there's tons of books out there, you know, this big, how to market your book, how to do this, how to do that. But it's having that one-on-one, you know, conversation, uh, sitting here, you know, I'm already making mental notes. Hey, I needed to go do this. Um, you know, I need to learn horror tactics. <laughs> you know, <laughs> So, you know what I mean? Um, I think, um, uh, it's a, an important element that we're all, we're all created for connection, you know, Yeah. So it, totally. it helps it helps in um in all aspects of your life.
1: And one if you're not doing it, but one thing that it would be great is to find other people that write similar genre to what you're yes. writing. Yeah. You do newsletter swaps.
0: Oh yeah, no, we do that. And I, you know, here's the thing. So I've been now I, I probably read about a at least a book a week. I try to. Um I try to be supportive out there. And I read in all genres um good friend of mine's a big romance writer and she does uh the paranormal celtic romance and okay i'll tell you right now romance probably not my my first genre choice but i read it because i support her and i laugh because now i'm invested in the characters and i get to the scenes i'm like does that really happen <laughs> okay that's pretty funny <laughs> you know <laughs> um but um, uh, you know I, I think there's a little bit of tradition i mean probably a balance there too. I've been supporting, you know, indie authors, but I also have to look at the traditional offer, authors and think, okay, what are they doing? And how can I um, piggyback that? Or what can I do? What can, you know, and I think it's also the thing most people don't do is just ask, you know, Hey, what do you do? Yeah. You know? <laughs> Cause they're oh, too embarrassed totally. or they're too self-conscious or they're thinking, Oh, well, you know, I don't want to bother them or, you know what I mean? It's the, I don't want to bother
1: them. Believe it or not. Most people, when it comes to authors, we're celebrities. Like most (laughs) authors don't own that. And, you know, you just laugh. We are, we're celebrities. So they go, oh my gosh, I can't approach that person. Like, I can't tell you how many fans I've talked to that I end up, they're like, oh my gosh, I heard blah, blah blahs here. And I go, well, let's go meet them. And they're like, oh, no, 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 no.
0: Trust me, they're sitting at their table. They'd love to talk to you. Let's go. So listen, we have a little neighborhood book club. We have like a thousand people in our neighborhood. And um, it's a little bit older demographics in my neighborhood. And they're doing this book. And it's by an author that's here in Colorado. And I know her. And I said, hey, I know she selected her book. Um, How about I bring the author to your book club? You know, and she's got, you know, 10,000 reviews. I mean, she's published, you know, traditional published. And they're like, no, no. I thought why wouldn't you want the author at your book club and it's kind of just a like oh no you know it was just it was too overwhelming you're know, like oh no 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 we can't have her <laughs> I'm like okay <laughs> thought you would have liked it but okay um so
1: uh, no it's totally a weird thing when you try to do that because again it's a celebrity and a lot of times people are like unnerved uh, yeah I mean this whole podcast started with us trying to do a um a a book club, and the author showed up for the first day. It was called Critical Drinking. And we were going to do a book club and have <laughs> wine, and the author showed up to the first one, and it was like, "Oh, okay, now what the oh. fuck do we do?" Yeah. <laughs> so we talked to the author. Happened a second time. I'm like, "Okay, never
0: mind. Let's just invite the authors and let's talk to them about their stuff." So much yeah. fun. Now, anyway. now here, here's the flip side. So I sent out a little newsletter after I launched my book, and um, I showed the Amazon ratings where I hit number one. Now. Is probably for five minutes, could have been an hour, maybe a day, right? You know, that doesn't matter. I got bragging rights. You know, I even said, hey, I got bragging rights. Look who I beat out, you know, these famous authors. And I have other people who go, and I'm like, have you bought the book? And they're like, well, no, but you're doing so well. And I'm like, you realize I'm still operating as a nonprofit, essentially, right? <laughs> Just because I beat out this person for a limited period of time. But it's the perception then of like, oh, you're an author. You got to be selling millions of books. I don't like, oh, wouldn't that be great? <laughs> no, and it's, 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 you know, you mentioned friends and family, and then we have to wrap up
1: in just a minute. So we're going to do shameless self-promotion, but um, I, I have friends that are so uber supportive of what I do. There's yeah. a group of them that are, yep, you know, buy my books, read my books, enjoy my books, talk to about people about my books, blah, blah, blah. But the majority of people don't. I mean, my dad, for instance, is one of my biggest fans when it comes to the, um, uh, ran, uh, the those the home on her island books to the point where he'll talk to his friends when I'm there. And it's my daughter and she's the one that wrote that book. I, I'm like, OK, this is the book we're talking about. Can't talk about the horror books, but we can talk about the horror books. So it's, you know, but a lot of them aren't necessarily don't read the books, don't do that. And, you know, the first couple of books, I was like, you got to do that. And then I stopped going, you know what, if you're going to get, I'm going to let you know, because you're going to see it on Facebook or whatever that I got it. But if you're not that person to do it, I'm not going to push. I'm not going to bother doing that because I'd rather find my audience who actually wants to read my books. Yeah, and I want nobody. people that are invested in me. Yeah. yeah. Awkward. So <laughs> awkward going, did you read my book? Hello, Drinking with Authors fans. This is your host, Erica Lance. Because of the change of the format of the show, welcome to the Literary Briefs portion. Enjoy. Okay, rapid fire questions. Here we go. You ready? got I hope. Hey, book of all time. Easy questions, man? Um, what
0: is your favorite book of all time? My favorite book of all time. <sighs> I don't have just one favorite book. You um, have three. What are your listen, and listen, I mean, and if I did, it's, it's probably not a book that's, you know, wide known. Um, uh, I love, uh, the science, uh, sci-fi military, uh, series, uh, by Trip Ainsworth. Um, it is raunchy, raunchy, laugh out loud humor. Um, it's called Smoke Pit Tales. It's great. Um, Damian Larkin, who's another sci-fi military author, um, he's got a blood red, um, and a new book coming out, um, or big red, and um, great series. Um, so, uh, favorite book of all time? I I can't even really say there's just one. I I I enjoy them all. So there's rarely okay. a book that I don't like.
1: Okay, what
0: is your least favorite book? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. <laughs> I think you know what I'm going to remember what what it is because. I'm I'm that type person, it'd rather be a book or um, even a a TV series. If I get into two chapters and I don't like it, that's it. Um, I won't do it. Now, here's something I do that people, they can't stand. I always read the last chapter first. Actually, one of our co-hosts does that. Yeah.
1: She she reads it because she um, had a character die in one of the books she read that she didn't want. She's not a fan of the lead characters dying. Yeah. So she always reads to see if the character's
0: still there at the end. Oh, huh? that's not the reason why I do it. I do it because I'm going to see how they get to the end. And that's what I'm saying. So if it's a book and I read three chapters and I've already read the last chapter and I'm like, I already figured it out. I'm like, nope. Uh, <laughs> out.
1: No, that makes sense. Okay. What about um, if you could have lunch with any author, dead or alive, who would it be?
0: You no, know, not to say James Patterson. Oh, how come? Um, well, you know, I think because I've read so many books of his from my dad growing up and um, I had a um, one of those review services and they compared my writing to his style. And I thought, hey, I like that. Um, I, can, I, I can live with that. That's good. So for t- top of my head, I'd say him. I like it. I like mm-hmm. it. Bo, what
2: is your first question, my friend? What is your favorite book to movie adaptations?
0: That's a hard one, too. And listen, I've watched so many different shows. I'm trying to think of, you know, just current ones or old ones. Um, I think with the kids, they all did. You know, I remember reading with them at the same time, uh, the Divergent series. Mm -hmm. Um, And I read all the books because they had to read them before school. And I thought they did a pretty good job on that. Um, I mean, there's definitely some uh, changes, but uh, for that for that level, I thought it was good
1: got least favorite? Oh, ooh,
0: favorite? Least favorite! I forgot that one. Mm. Oh God! Um, I just re- saw something recently too, and I was like, oh, you know what? This people aren't going to like this. Um, the Jack Ryan, um, and you know, the reason why is in the original what? Jack Ryan. I don't know if everybody's see. I mean, if you read the books, he was a normal CIA uh, analyst. He wasn't this. Navy SEAL. He can do everything now. Uh, where they have John, uh, what's his name, Chris Kaczynski or whatever. John Kaczynski. Yeah. yeah, and I love, I love, I love him. Don't get me wrong, he's great. He does great in the show. But in the original books, he was a CIA analyst. He wasn't this. You know, he can do everything now. He can shoot a gun and he doesn't miss anybody. I'm like, oh god. Um, <laughs> so. No, and I I am definitely that type of viewer that if I'm watching the movie and I've I've read the book, I'm like, oh, God, why? You know, nobody wants to watch movies beside me because I'm comedy the whole time. No, no,
1: you got to treat it like fan fiction because, yeah, never (laughs) fit a book into a movie. Yeah. Okay. Who would
0: you cast um, as your lead character? Uh, You know, I would say probably Jennifer Lawrence. and the reason why is she's done similar type uh with red sparrow or something like that um blake lively would be great because uh she probably had a little bit more of that comedic you know uh but also the sexy you know um i've always wanted to be taller so that'd be great too um and i joke around Oh, what oh did, what did and, I mean, the character—the be... character wanted to be taller. Um. Yeah, I was about to say, <laughs> why did you um, cast her? Well, I wanted to be taller. Yeah. Um. <laughs> um so it had to be somebody that um is uh spirited, you know. Uh. But but it, but it can also just play out the little the comedic role too.
1: I like that. Um. What is uh your favorite writer snack that you like to eat while you're writing?
0: Well, I probably don't eat or drink. I don't like uh, when I'm writing. I don't um, don't have music on. Um, It's got to be quiet. And um, but if I had to say a snack, um, probably that check mix that's got like the nuts and everything in it. You know, where you just so salty, savory. Oh yeah, definitely. And I'm a um, I'm a Texas gal originally, so I'm more of a chips and you know salsa queso. Uh throw a no. little guac, I'm really happy.
1: Did you um, practice your signature at all when you went to start signing books?
0: No. And uh, you know what? You could definitely tell on my first book I had to sign on my hand was just shaking. <laughs> that first book ever, you know? And it was for a friend of mine. <laughs> Cause I started thinking, overthinking it, how how do I how do I sign this? Um
1: um, that's very very funny actually
0: okay what did is you your... practice yours did you practice yours yeah yes.
1: <laughs> but I I I come from an a sort of epic planning background and I also and we talk about this too we come up with little slogans to write in your book like you know um uh Like one of the ones I write for Dahlia Lance is Welcome to Whore Island, and I'll sign it. And then, so apparently a big thing, which I didn't even know, which I've now started doing, is signing, dating, and sometimes putting where they got the book. because And not like the exact date, but if you put the year and stuff Mm -hmm. like that, when you're really, really famous, those books will be worth
0: more because somebody got them before you. This is why so we cool. do these podcasts, the things that you learn. Yes. Well, that's great. I love that.
1: So you have to come up with three or four things that you write in the book, like, yeah. you know, uh, that are just sayings because I think people like those, you know. Yeah.
0: It's mine's always more interesting. Mine's more have- see today, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so
1: and asking people, do you want it personalized? I kind of hate asking that because I'm sometimes terrible in the moment of um, knowing how to write their name. And even when they spell it out for me, sometimes like my mind, they spell it and then it goes <laughs> completely blank. And I'm like, what did they do? <laughs> What's your name again? Ralph, <laughs> what did you say? <laughs>
2: um, Bo? Hmm. I'm trying to see what the what a good question is. What is your Starbucks order?
0: uh triple venti non-fat one sweet and latte. Delicious. Right, good choice. But right. I'll tell you this. Um we store so I have twins and we store at our Starbucks every day, right? And I mean we were there the first person in the morning because our my kids got up at 4 30 in the morning. We didn't realize a train was going past and I was waking them up every morning at 4 30. I just thought they were possessed, right? I was like, there's something wrong with these kids. I mean they just they never sleep. So six o'clock in the morning we were there, they knew our order. And this is right when um, credit card agencies started giving you your total legend in the year. And we saw how much we spent at Starbucks. And I was like, oh.
1: <laughs> You're like, oh, we need to stop doing Starbucks. Like oh, yeah, because,
0: because, you know, we got one. Then we got the banana nut bread. And then we get the kids a little something to snack on. Yeah. So um, I, I it's only like once in a while that I go there now. What's your order? Mine is What's in your, what's in it, your uh, coffee right now? Mine is usually
2: a chai tea latte with a shot of espresso. And I generally get it every single day because I have really young kids. That's the reason. It's is like he? my, it's
0: it's my like one
2: little joy in the day. Like <laughs> the thing I have to look forward to, to get up. Now, how old are your
0: little ones? I have
2: a uh, 10 year old, a nine, 10 year old. He's almost 10 a uh, six-year-old, and a one-year-old.
0: Oof. <laughs> yeah. Oof. Yeah, you keep that Starbucks up, girlfriend. Just keep going. Yeah, I am <laughs> not looking at how much I spend. I'm just going to do it. I'm
2: just, It's an expense it's called mental health care. Like, yeah, I agree. My, my tea.
0: <laughs> I agree.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree on that, too. I like the dirty try she talks about. And then I get a latte with no foam. I'm a huge fan of saying the no foam on the lattes. I agree, because then you get more. Yeah, they give me too much foam. There's too yeah. much foam in the world. I can't take that much foam. <laughs> too much. Too much. Well, um, look at all this opportunity I'm giving you. I know it's weird. I don't.
2: I don't know how to handle it. What is I your see. desert island book?
0: Well, let's see. It wouldn't be a cookbook. <laughs> uh, um, Desert Island book. You know what? I'm going to have to say something like a Dr. Seuss book or something because I think, you know, if I'm by myself, <laughs> I don't want to read something that's, you know, to, uh, to romance because, you know, that ain't happening. I don't want to read a horror because, you know, I'm on an island by myself. I'm already probably scared. Um, I wouldn't even want to read my own thrillers because, you know, what's the point? <laughs> I think I think I'd have to just go with a happy <laughs> just, just something or maybe, you know, how ma- how many drinks can you make with coconut juice? I don't I don't know. Uh <laughs>
1: I think I'd read show Silverstein. I bought those books for my granddaughter recently, the poetry books, you know, where the sidewalk ends, because they make me laugh. I think that's what I do. No, I do bimbos of the death, son. I already know that. Okay. (laughs) So. A death book would be good. Yeah. (laughs) What about um, uh, things, you you know, you talked about being able to figure things out. Are there any other like pet peeves you have in writing that you find yourself and you're like nope
0: um well i think just talk with my other friends um and maybe i'm not looking at this the right way sometimes they um they're when we're all discussing kind of normal critique group they're like you know i forgot to put this part in about the mother and i was like you overanalyze stuff sometimes you know like you gotta put this 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 and this this in And I I think we we think that the readers actually dumber than what maybe they are and maybe maybe they are. I don't know, (laughs) because sometimes I think we give in too many details like that's not necessary. Let them figure that out. You know, Um, like, why was that there? The pointless, you know, pointless detail. But sometimes they're they're needed to build the character and sometimes they're not. So, Uh,
1: yeah, no. Agreed. So. Um, do you finish books or will you put
0: them down? Like well, if you started,
1: um, will you finish them?
0: No. If i like there's something I don't like reading, or do you mean writing? Yeah. No, if there's something I'm no. reading, I don't yeah. yeah. If there's something I'm I'm reading and I don't like it, I'll I'll put it down. I have no problem going. Um, I'm not one of those to say, hey, I've got to read it just to see what happens because I'm like, yeah. and listen, I, I mean I, I kind of, you know, I read this article the other day, and I thought it was very uh, poignant in terms of what it said. It said, if you've distributed your book, you know, why? And I've done the free booksees and stuff like that. And you're not getting the reviews you're uh, wanting or expecting. There's several reasons. One, people might not have just liked your book. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, or two, you know, they're they're on somebody's Kindle that's, you know, they're getting all these free books. There's 500 books on that Kindle. They haven't been read. Um or, you know, three, you know, they, they do like them, but they're just not that, you know, so they kind of just gave a list of things. And I thought, you know, that's kind of right, you know, and after, I think there's a certain period of time where we all have to self-evaluate again, what is your motivation and why are you doing this? Um, are you doing this to fulfill um, um, that you're doing, accomplishing something? Are you doing it for notoriety? Are you doing it for monetary reasons? Um I've been fortunate. I'm just doing it because I enjoy doing it and I love the people that I've met. So I take it for that, for what it is, and then I try to tweak it. Um, And then we'll see how it goes in terms of me personally writing. I mean, how far I'll go. I got one more in this series and then we'll see what what the next uh, project will be. That's very good. That was a twofold answer. What I read and what I'll write. No, I like it. I like it Bo. Do you generally
2: outline your books or do you just go for it?
0: um well two twofold so because mine are all based off uh, current conspiracies, you'll see on um my notes where I'll write down I don't know I'll give you an example so this is starts off my first note was this book has to be over Christmas period because all great movies happen at Christmas. (laughs) You're thinking Christmas Story, Die Hard, you know, all the movies, The Holiday. Um, And then my first note to myself was the bigger the lie, the more people will believe it. So then I just, so, so these are my notes that I've written Now, remember, everything is based off whatever happens in a given day. So if there's a song that I like, I make the note about it. If there's a book that I've read that something happened, I put the note on it. If there's something that happened in politics, I put the note on it. So then I have at the end of the day, I go, I have enough material for the next book. And I already know where I want the ending to be. So now then, I'll go out and do an outline of just very simplistic. um, I want it to be about between 30 and 40 chapters. And I'll write out what the chapters I think that they're going to be. And inevitably, I will change from that when I start writing it. Mm-hmm. So I do, I'd say, I call a loose outline. I don't do um, what some of my friends go into detail. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's longer than my book. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, some people write ridiculous outlines. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, right.
0: And yeah, more power to them. I mean, that, whatever works for them, that's great. Uh, for me, I just... We're gonna wing it, and I mean that's you know probably probably part of the charm of the book. So at least I hope so. Very cool.
1: What about um? What is your favorite weird food combination?
0: Weird food combination. Well, let's see. Okay, um, I'm you know what I consider a Texas gal, even though I live now here in Colorado. Um, I don't know if I have a weird food combination. Well, I'll say this. I don't eat any fruit, um, at, at all. Disgust me. Can't can't stand looking at it. Don't. I mean, any fruit? None. I mean, I drink fruit like grapes, uh, <laughs> but but no, no, no fruit. It's a texture thing. It's a seeds. It's the skin. Um, but I can eat an oyster, so it makes no sense. I mean, why I, I could do that, but not eat fruit. Very uh,
2: weird.
0: Yeah, very weird. Uh, peaches, I gag, smell them. Um, so, so, so in terms of weird food, I mean, I don't know if I have a weird combination because there's so much that I don't eat. No weird food. Yeah, that's food. what I'm saying. I don't know because I don't eat a, eat a lot of this stuff. I don't know if I have a weird food combination. Um, um, weird food is
1: generally when you're eating the thing that the people around you go, why are you eating that?
0: No, That's but see, I don't. I don't think anybody thinks that because remember I don't eat any of this stuff because <laughs> they're probably more thinking you're weird because you don't eat it. You know, I won't eat. I won't eat ceviche, I won't eat. Um, it's a smell. <laughs> there, there's a lot of lot of therapy probably needed here. A lot of therapy. <laughs> um. <laughs> well, okay. What about um? Where's a
1: place you want to vacation to? Like if there was cost was no thing. Where would you want to go?
0: Okay. So in 007, James Bond, he went to Montenegro. And I thought, I've always wanted to go there. And we were fortunate to go on a trip to Italy. And I thought, oh, if we could only go over there. But we couldn't. Uh, (laughs) But I've always wanted to go there just from the movie. I always thought it'd be cool. (laughs) What about you? Oh, me? Um, I'm actually going there. So I wanted to
1: go to Ireland and Scotland. And I'm going there. August so um because I'm heavily Irish descent so I'm excited to go see that what about you Bo I really want to go to like the UK which is
2: uh, I have never been I've been to like overseas to like Japan but I've never been to like Europe area and so I'd like to go visit there
0: I mean Italy you need to do it you need to do it I do enjoy the UK.
1: Yes, we we talked about throwing that in the middle of the trip, but I think we're sticking to the Ireland, Scotland for this time around. Mm-hmm. We'll go to the UK another time. Do an eerie travels from there.
0: Um, okay.
1: So, what is a genre you haven't written in yet that you want to?
0: Um, I think I would do something maybe sports related. Okay. Um, maybe a you know a, a sports fiction book. Um. I, I think there's a probably a I, I used to be the the chair mom you know chair president oh First all, i can't i can't put my hair in a ponytail i couldn't help my kid out if life depended on it right but somehow i ended up being the chair president so i think there's a lot of fun stories that you can do with that not like that Navarro cheer or whatever it is on tv uh but there are crazy stories like that but uh you know, the kids play football, you know, baseball and something. So there's always something there, you know, and there's always those little going, hmm, <laughs> that really happened. <laughs> you <know? laughs> and you, you're like, there are six, y'all. There are six. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow. Okay. Let, let the children have so, fun. So, so maybe not necessarily just a sports, but maybe more of a, just say, um, you know, kind of a parenting, you know, kind of tongue in cheek, you know. Hey, y'all, get over it. You're you're a copy mom. Um, (laughs) Well, that would be cool. Uh,
1: It'd be humorous, too. Definitely humorous. I I would have no doubt. Okay, Bo, do you have a final question?
2: When and where do you do your best writings?
0: In the morning. um, I have a little office out uh, of my bedroom that I'm in. Um, and I would say it's probably, well, it's not necessarily always morning. Um, I'd say it's probably from one to, well, I'd say from 11 to one, um, where I get just, I'm in my my zone that I want to do something. But I'm also not one of those people that, and, and maybe I should, write uh, every day. Um, I write when I'm, I'm encouraged to write, you know, I'm like, hey, this is a great idea. I need to put this down. So,
1: yeah, that's a good timing. Okay, any final advice you would give to an author that is starting out out there?
0: Yes, Um, you know, do um, just a tad bit of research first, Um, you know, writing the book is one thing to be able to um, edit, market, publicize, and you know, find out what your real goal, goal is. Uh, meet fellow authors in your genre, like you said. Meet fellow authors that are not in your genre. Um, and I really do think that's to give perspective on all of it. Because at the end of the day, we all have different, um, as a reader, things that we enjoy. So not every just reads this, you know. Um, so to learn how to appeal to your reader you almost have to realize that they change also and they have different seasons in their life so um i would say just just talk to people first get involved um and kind of learn from other people's mistakes
1: i like it i like it okay shameless self-promotion time where do people find you in your books
0: okay i'm on uh amazon i'm on um apple Barnes & Noble. Uh, You can go to michellepacker.com, my website. Um, uh, For Instagram, he has Aesop stories. And the reason why it's Aesop is because people always said that I was a storyteller. I thought they were exaggerating, but apparently it's stuck. Um, You'll notice this little montage of pictures in the back. Um, That was really what started my first book. Um, These are all the pictures, like, remember, well, it's not, this is old days, because they actually gave you physical pictures. Um, now you have them on your phone. And I found them all on my desk. So I, I covered up this beautiful picture <laughs> and put this in front of it. So when I started looking at this, I realized there's a story there. It's kind of like um, The Unusual Suspects. Remember uh, Kevin Spacey? At the end, he's looking at something, and you realize he's been storytelling. Um, and That was the genesis of how this started. So... Very cool.
1: Well, it was so much fun having you on the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, lovely ladies.
0: It's been a pleasure to meet y'all.
1: Absolutely. Guys, this has been Drinking With Authors, the Literary Briefs Edition. I've been your host, Erica Lance. Do not forget to hit the like, subscribe, and feel free to comment. We'd love to hear from you. Um, My co-host today has been the amazing Bo Lake. Our guest has been Michelle Packard, and we will see you guys next time. Thank you so much.